had a dream uh, last night, actually, um, that I'm going to kind of minister out of. And, and it won't, shouldn't be too, too long. Typically, when it's dreams, we don't go too long. But, um, but really a rebuke, you know, which is okay. Uh, those are good from the Lord. So it's all right. He, he, you know, it's so funny. He usually comes in. If we're all getting really sloshed on a Sunday, typically the word is probably a rebuke. I'm just saying, no, I'm just kidding. It doesn't always work like that. But it seems like that. It's like he comes in with the glory as like an anesthesia. And he's like, yeah, let me get you all doped up. And then yeah, cut you up, you know. It's kind of how it works. But uh, but no, uh, it's not a bad one, uh, really. <clears throat> it's just, you know, sometimes we want to redirect it. Me too. You know, it was directed at me. I actually had three rebuking dreams last night. Two were for me. And one was for you, so <laughs> and me. So don't feel bad. I got three. You got two. So anyway, um, but uh, it, it's always really good of the Lord. Um, but basically, man, I should have wrote it down. Oh no. So basically, um, I was I was um with a dear friend that I actually grew up with. She was my neighbor, um, and so I knew I, I you know I knew she was like close to me, but. Um, I had this like love for her, very like a pastoral love for her, um, or, or, or even like a, like it was like Jesus towards his. So I felt like I was kind of like representative of Jesus in the dream, and it was towards towards his bride. But it wasn't like a weird like you know like obviously I'm married to Courtney, so it wasn't like this weird kind of love. But it was a love, and she had been um, dating these these guys that were just no good actually super unhealthy, both physically and emotionally unhealthy. And we're just in the world and stuff like that. And I told her like in a loving way, and it wasn't a like, I want to date you way. It was like, I'm going to take you out on a date and I'm going to show you what, you know, how you should be treated. And so I was like, I took her by the hand. I was like, I'm going to take you and show you how it should be. So we started to go and lo and behold, the, the guy, last guy she was talking to showed up and she went to go be with him. And so I just really feel like, you know, um, there's some of us like the Lord is like, hey, I'm I'm way better. But we keep playing. We keep playing and going into uh, uh, the ways of the world and the things of the world. And even there's even some of you, I, I feel like in the room, even relationally with those people who are living in the world and you keep trying to have one foot in the kingdom and then another foot in the world like I can still hold on to this. When they're not treating you a like you deserve as a and, and, and not in a prideful way, but there's a standard for a daughter or a son of the most high God. There's a standard and that standard is another son or daughter of the most high God. Like you have to understand who you are. You, you became not in a prideful manner, but in a humbling manner, but still yet so you became royalty in the household of faith you are a son and daughter of the king we're priests and kings unto our god there's a nobility about us you you know and i don't mean it in an arrogant way but you know they typically won't allow the and i'm not putting this you have to hear the heart behind this i'm not putting people down god is no no respecter of persons okay but there is saved and not saved you have to understand that but, you know, typically in nobility, the king's kids, they don't marry paupers. They don't they don't go down in the slums of the common folk and marry. They don't do that. Now, there's a difference between 
say a man of royalty goes down into the slums, grabs a pauper, takes them, adopts them, makes them royalty, cleans them up. Now they're they're whole, and then marries them. That's that's what Jesus does to us. Amen. That's the spirit of adoption. But there's a difference between in, being inside the household of faith and being outside the household of faith. He says it uh, all the time. This is why God actually even told the Israelites when they went into the land, don't marry. It had nothing to do with race. You know, racism is wicked, evil. You know, at, do you know Hebrews were black, white, brown, all of that? You know that, right? Like the Israelites. They were, it was a religion. It was like a religious kingdom people. It had nothing to do with, they're not the race of Jews. We have descendants from them that are classified now as a race of Jews. But the Hebrew people, you could convert and become Hebrew. You had to go through a whole like ceremonial wash, all that. But it's a religion, you know. It was a kingdom, you know, whose God, God was their king originally. That's how it started out. And so um, when God told them not to mate or marry with other people in the land, not to link up with them, it was because they worshiped false gods, false demons. Some of them were Nephilim, the offspring of, of fallen angels and men. They had wickedness perversion uh the lord says hey when you go in there don't fall don't he says no man with man no uh woman with woman no mating with animals no doing all this because that's what they do they worship these false gods and this is how they do it don't do it and don't marry them why because of this so that's again i i want you to understand so it is when we come into christ we don't link up I'm not going to have a best friend that I get advice from who's under the control of a demon. What do I mean? The Bible says anyone who, he says, Paul says to us, you, or sorry, they, just as you were uh, under the control of, are under the control of the demon spirit of this world. Anyone outside of Christ is influenced by the principalities and the prince of the power of the air of this world. They're under the control of it whether they like it or not, whether you want to believe that or not, it's Bible. And then when we become born again, we're free from that. And so I just feel like there's some of we've been dating the world, if you will. The thing, this doesn't have to be a, even a person. This is the things of the world. You know, and we just want to cut that stuff out. We want to, you know, <laughs> sidestep. No, nah, you know, you know, missionary dating doesn't really work, you know, like, well, I'll go date them, and then I'll win them to the Lord, and then they'll love me. Like, what are you talking about? Especially if you're a woman, you know, you know, a woman gets married, you're, you're supposed to submit to the husband as a leader. You want to be led by somebody you're older than in the Lord? Like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Don't, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Anyway, okay. But that was the dream, and it really ties into where we're going, and that's making decisions, making life choices, outside of the leading of the Lord and doing things not led by the presence of the Lord. And so um, real quick, we're going to take a look. Um, we're going to take a look in numbers and then we're going to jump over to Galatians and then I'm going to land real quick. So uh, we'll be in numbers chapter nine, beginning at verse 15. Listen to this. There's some of us that are adding God to our lives. Okay, we're adding following Jesus to our lives, but we're not making it our life. Okay, 
God gives us this beautiful, and we've been doing a lot of shadow and typing, you know, over the last few weeks because how God moved through Moses in the earth, how God set up the Israelites in the earth, a lot of that is a prophetic picture of how we as Christians do function in the earth. And one of the things that God did is God set up the tabernacle and his presence. Okay, he set up the mercy seat and the ark inside the Holy of Holies, which was inside the tabernacle of meeting. He set it up, right, with his cloud that would rest there by day and the pillar of fire that would rest there by night. Like literally, it's it's standing right, it's sitting right there, right? It's amazing because then when we see the birth of the church, what comes and rests on their head? Flames of fire. Saying what we're now the temple of God, the tabernacle of meeting, right? And so what the way God structured life for the Israelites was the, in the wilderness. And I want to tell you that we are in the wilderness of the world, okay? The promised land has not come. You say, what? This is, yeah, let me tell you, if this is the promised land, it ain't always flowing with milk and honey. This is not heaven. Sometimes there are moments where heaven breaks into earth and you can access heavenly realities in your walk with Christ. Love, joy, peace, righteousness, healing, signs and wonders, things break in. But this ain't as good as it gets, folks. Praise Jesus. Okay? Heaven is the promised land. We will cross over. Okay? And as the, as the river split, the sky will split. Okay? And there'll be a crossing over. It will come. I'm telling you, man, thank you, Jesus. So this gives us a prophetic picture of how God would set up life in the new covenant. And so God would set up the Israelites in the wilderness with this tabernacle, his presence, the mercy seat, the sacrifice, the blood, the forgiveness, all of that was in the center. And then you had the Levites, the priests who ministered to the Lord. So we would say that nowadays that's like, the fivefold ministers who are called, the, the elders, the deacons, and the fivefold ministers who are called to minister to that presence day and night, give, them, give themselves to prayer in the word, which is what the apostle said, right? We need to give our lives to prayer in the word. We see that. They were immediately around the tabernacle, and then everyone else was set up strategically. This tribe here, this tribe here, these tribes here, and these tribes here. Everyone living their life around the house of the Lord. All life flowed and functioned. All life centered around the person, presence of Jesus, the mercy seat in the house of God. Everything they did in their culture, Everywhere they went was all by the ruling and reign. Everything was built. I didn't, oh, well, church and presence and prayer and worship, you know, I'll add that to my life when it's convenient. That's not, it was their life. And guess what? It is our life. It's our life. Did you know the, Jew, the Jews would go to temple three times a day? Did you know that? Three times a day, typically. Nine, I believe it's, it was nine, noon, and three. They would pray. Nine, noon, and three. And, and even, <laughs> even, the, even the apostles practiced this once the church came. They would still go and they would worship three times a day. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, like, like society would shut down, guys. 
break do we get break time 15 minute break time or what i just need my time i need to some of us are i just got to get that cigarette break in i just got to get that in you know or we're just going to pause but these guys were like hey it's time to go pray and seek god that was our <laughs> an hour at night from nine to ten an hour from like noon to one and like i think it was like an hour hour to half hour and then 3 p.m again they're praying and then their day ended at 6 p.m and then it would start a new day and that's how they lived. Everything they did flowed around God. How come, and I'm just sorry, I'm not trying to be religious, I'm not trying to be condemning, but if I'm in a better covenant with better promises, uh, I'm not going to let them out, out-serve God. I'm not going to let them outserve me to God. I'm not going to do it. I'm in a better covenant with better promises. They had the blood of goats and bulls. I have the blood of the spotless lamb of God. Okay? They had the they they literally only could get around the tabernacle and worship unless you were a Levite and then you could go in. And the high priest once a year could go into the holy of holies. But my God, by the shedding of His blood and by getting on Calvary's cross and by dying, split the veil from top to bottom. And now me and you, no one unhindered. Once you get born again, you can go right into the holy of holies to the mercy seat and hear God just as Moses did. Face to face like that. And I'm going to let them out serve me? I'm going to let them live out dedicated to God and his house than me? Uh Uh-uh. I don't think so. That was all a shadow and type of what we should be doing and the the dedication. It's why Jesus said he who wishes to keep his life will lose it. But he who loses his life actually gains life. And unless you... He actually said this. This was really crazy because he says honor his mother, your, your mother and father, and we should do that. But he said, unless you hate your father and mother, you're not worthy of me. Your children, your spouse. It, it, what is he saying? No one comes close to my place in your heart. No one. And let's look because I, I love this. Um, I am going to jump just because I mentioned Moses speaking to God in the tabernacle. This is what we have access to now in our daily prayer. Listen, do you understand like that it was a privilege of one person and and then that was their lifetime and then they chose somebody else by the direction of God to that person got to go into the, you understand what a privilege it was to go in the Holy of Holies and you better come right because if you don't come right and you have sin on you and you go in, you will be struck dead and they literally had to tie a string around them to drag them out. Do you understand that's how life was? But because of the shed of blood of Jesus, but I want to give it to you. Moses goes in, listen, it says, he went into the tabernacle. This is verse uh, 89 of 7. You don't have to go there. I just want to read it. Moses went in the tabernacle of the meeting to speak with him and heard the voice of one speaking him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. You have access to this daily. Like, you got to understand what it means. God foresaw and foreknew and, and looked forward and decided that you would be born with this access. You are, are If you are born on this side of the cross, you're already born favored. You're already, that'll destroy rejection. If you get that revelation, rejection can't touch you. Comparison can't touch you. 
you're already favored to be born in this covenant. I messed up, man, and I was reading Moses one time and Moses about Moses one time, and Moses, he, God told him to speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, and it cost him the promised land. And I said, God, you've told me to do a lot of things, and I didn't do them. It's like, did I lose the promised land? The Lord said, just be glad you're born in this covenant. I was like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. But we treat it haphazardly, the presence of God, you know, ministering to God. You are all made priests, Levites, priests, kings, Davids, unto God. All of you have been made that. It says it in, in Revelations, I believe, and in, in Peter says it. All of us have been, been made priests and given this access to minister to God in the secret place, in prayer, and in our life. And it's like, man, can you imagine what I, I wish sometimes that like an Israelite, not a Levite, but an Israelite, maybe like the tribe of Dan, could come in and tell us, really, really talk to us about what it was like to stand on the outside, watch the Levites get close, watch the high priests go in, and the longing some of them must have felt to get into that mercy seat. And then to tell us, man, do you have any idea what you have? Or how about even Elijah? Or David? Or David was saw it. David literally saw it and only could experience some of it prophetically. Longed for what we have complete access to. Man, this is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. All right, verse 15 of 9. This is how they live their life, though. So this is how they live their life. Now, on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle like an appearance of fire. Verse 16. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. Wherever the presence was, that's where they lived. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. So if God didn't move, they didn't move. If God didn't say to move, they just waited. As soon as God said to move, they literally had to pack. All right. All of us have our house, right? Our home, okay? Imagine it could be tore down, built up, tore down, built up. But all, all your stuff. The, we wake up in the morning, closet. Jen, you and I, we love to plan, and we love to have answers, and we love to have the, Can you imagine? You never know. Tomorrow might be the day that the cloud lifts, and you literally got to pack up your whole household, get all the kids ready, get them all packed up, pack up all your stuff, and move. And you don't know when you're going to stop because you don't stop until the cloud stops. Oh, at command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained in camp. Even when the cloud continued long, many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord. Somebody say, according to the command of the Lord. Mm, thank you, Jesus. 
It says, they command of the Lord, they would remain encamped, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night, whether by cloud was taken up, they would journey, whether it was two days, uh, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel, Israel would remain encamped and not journey, but when it was taken up, they would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they remained encamped, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. By the hand of Moses, who, by the way, represented Jesus as the mediator of the covenant. Listen to this now. The Lord literally said, I'm not going to take them straight through to Cana because they're not ready for war. So I'm going to lead them in the wilderness because they're not prepared for war. I want to propose to you that some of the battles you run into are because you didn't wait on the command of the Lord or you didn't move when he said to move. And the Lord was saying to move and you didn't see why. Why, Lord, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logic. All the places, things aren't in place for me to move. Everything is it ready and you didn't move because the Lord knew the enemy was coming and he was trying to keep you. How, how many of you know this? Israelites are in the wilderness like this, and there's still armies and people in that wilderness and in that land. So what if the Lord's moving them because he knew, he foresaw, hey, this guy's coming. They had no idea, but they had to trust the Lord to get up and move. I would propose that sometimes you run into battles because the Lord said to stay still, and you got up and left. And you moved before it was your time. And then you run into all trouble. He's like, Lord, I thought you'd never leave me or forsake me. He's like, I didn't. You left me. Where'd you go, Lord? I told you I was leaving. I told you to come with me. I've heard it said once by a very wise man uh, who I I love dearly. He said this. He said, I would rather be two steps behind the Lord than two steps ahead of him. Because if I'm two steps behind the Lord, I can see him move left or right and I can follow. Obviously, perfect is walking hand in hand, but we don't always bat a thousand. So if I'm going to err, let me err two steps behind than two steps ahead, because at least then I can run and catch up to him. But many of us, we get an idea, not a God idea. We get a good idea. Investment, company, this thing, that thing, move, this, that. I feel like going to this school. I feel like doing this. Never check with the Lord one time. Never fast. Do you know before they even, they even elected people to, to wait tables in the early church, they fasted and prayed? We think it's just like, but it's not. Let's jump to Galatians. Galatians 1 through 2.10. You ready? Paul, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ. There's some of us in here we've been desiring for a man to lay hands on us. We've been desiring for a man to pluck us out. We've been desiring for men or women and people in our job to notice us and promote us and push us and do this. Uh, We've been waiting for somebody to call us and say we got that job or we got this job or we got this thing or we got that thing instead of just waiting on Jesus to do it. Paul says, I'm not an apostle by, hey, a man didn't pick me. Jesus did it. Listen to this. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who were with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father in our Lord Jesus Christ who gave gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. 
you got to understand something. And there's a lot of false doctrine in there. Listen, this age is evil. Do you know when this age ends? This age ends when Jesus splits the sky. These are the last days. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit, and there'll be perilous times. So in that time, there's two things happen simultaneously. And sometimes we think that one has to end for the other to start, or the other has to start for the other one to end. It doesn't work that way. Right up until Jesus splits the sky, the Holy Spirit will still be being the Holy Spirit, pouring out his spirit, signs and wonders in the earth, people encountering, people coming to saving knowledge. Even during the Antichrist, trying to make people take uh, the mark, we see people getting saved. We see it all, all the way up. Then people dying, being martyrs going all the way up God's still moving he says there'll be false signs and wonders in the earth by false prophets why because they're going to need to be doing something because there's going to be some real signs and wonders going on in the earth but it's going right up it doesn't mean like oh well the Holy Spirit stops pouring out his spirit now perilous times begin they can be going on simultaneously at the same time we live in an evil age the new age or the the, the age of, of, of eternity is coming when Jesus splits the sky. And I don't mean new age like the new age mystical stuff. Don't get me wrong. Don't get my words twisted there. I'm just saying a, a new age is a new age. If the age changed, it's a new age, right? So he's saying this present age is evil. We still So that means everything that's a part of the world is corrupt. He says... If you love the world, the love of the Father, what does John say? The love of the Father is not in you. Do not love the world nor the things in of and in the world. Mm. According to the will of God, our Father, of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. I want you to see this, that even in the beginning, guys, what we are facing in the earth today, what we're facing in America today, what we're facing in Christianity today, the presentation of a pro progressive gospel, the presentation of, you know, I, I, it's so funny, I just thought about, so I saw a video the other day, and this girl, she goes, all the reasons I believe in a progressive gospel and I don't know if you've seen the videos where they give you reasons and they point their little finger like this and it pops up and she's going boom, 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 and nothing's happening. Boom, boom. And then the thing comes up and she says, oh, I can't find one because it's not in the Bible. But anyway, because it's just not. But there is, we're, this is not new though. Like this is the church of, of this, is the, this is the Galatians. This is the church of Galatia. One of the, the first churches. And they're already experiencing this thing. It's not new. Paul says, I marvel you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Why do I say that? Because if they were subject to deception, how many of you know so are we? We can't just go around acting like, well, I've been sitting in church my whole life. I've read my Bible all, all, all my life. I, I, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm good. I'm good. I got it all figured out and assume that we're not subject to becoming under deception. These people were literally a church planted by Paul. I may walk in some apostolic functions at time, but I ain't Paul. Okay, sober-minded. This dude's Paul, the Apostle Paul, planned this church. And they already felt. They heard the gospel from him. And you want to talk about miracle signs and wonders. They're taking handkerchiefs and demons are coming out. You know, Paul saw a lot of, lot, lot of wild things. But what happens? 
a different gospel comes in. Listen, he says, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That means if anybody preaches something that ain't right here, what is the gospel? It's right here. The words of Jesus and the apostles, they all had the same gospel. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your sins. Live for Jesus fully. Live for him. Preach the gospel. Sacrifice all for this man who gave it all for you and endure and wait for the sky to split. And while you're enduring waiting, preach and give all. Love one another. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Not get lost in building your own kingdom. Not getting lost in building our own lives. Not, not getting lost and worried about my mortgage and this thing and that thing and what kind of car, I, this and that. Like, like, not that you can't do any of those things. I'm going to get to that. Not that you can't get doing it, but not getting lost in that. Like sometimes we're so consumed with, well, when my life gets right, then I'll love somebody else. This is another gospel. It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. But if we are an angel have preached any other gospel to you, what we have preached, let him be accursed. As we have said so before now, I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. For I do not, I do, for do I now persuade men or God? I, or do I seek to please men? For if I am still... For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Do you live your life to please those who are around you or, or, or the one that you're going to look at for eternity? Every decision you make, which we're going to get to. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through revelation of Jesus Christ. What is a revelation of Jesus Christ? A revelation of a Jesus Christ is something revealed to you directly by God. A revelation of Jesus Christ is the cloud lifts, so it's time to leave. The cloud remained and stopped, so it's time to stop and play camp. That's a revelation. God revealed his, it's the revealed will of God is a revelation, and, and rightly applied. He said, I got this from Jesus himself, showed me this gospel. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it, and I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, all right, I'm going to stop right here. Listen to this. He's, what is he saying? He's saying, I was zealous. I was all put together. Uh, I, I, had, I was like Jen. I was in college, and I was like a straight-A student, and I knew the law, and I was zealous for the law, and I was doing all because I had the word. So basically, he took the Bible, and he says, I'm going to try to apply the Bible in my own strength without God. He was actually taking the words of God and applying them as he saw them, but without a revelation from, from Jesus. He had words without the word. He had a way without the way. He had truth without 
the truth. And he certainly had no life. But listen to this. Even after this, he says, after God calls me, so Jesus revealed his son, in, or God revealed his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Listen to this. Even after he got a word from the Lord that you're going to preach the Gentiles. And I love Paul's calling because it's not, this is not what God said. God didn't come up and say, hey, Marco, I'm calling you to go to the nations. I've called you to be a preacher. I've called you to be blessed. I'm going to give you a Mercedes. I'm going to give you a, a, a BMW. I'm going to give you a big house. I'm going to give you all this money. You're going to have a million dollars. You're going to run around with change. You're going to do all this. No, he said, hey, go tell Paul all the ways he's going to suffer for my name. That was the call of God for Paul. Not that God can't bless. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. But that's a stark contrast. Whew. Anyway, I'm not going to go there. He said, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. He says this, listen to this. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. What does he mean? I, as soon as God told me that, I didn't go, go around and tell everybody, hey, I'm called. God called me. Help me out. I'm called. I'm supposed to preach it. I'm supposed to do this. God called me. God called me. God said it, so now I'm going to do it. We see this all the time. I got a prophetic word at a conference. God said I'm a missionary, and I tell I got I got to confer with flesh and blood, and I try to chase down somebody to pluck me out and lay hands on me and give me some kind of place or position. It happens all the time. I see it all the time. It happens like crazy when you travel around conferences. Everybody's trying to get next to who they know, the next who's who, and kind of muscle their way up. Because if I can get next to you know if I can go get next to John Arnott and I get really friendly with John Arnott, then John can open doors for me, and then I can confer with flesh and blood until they make a way for me to fulfill my call. It happens all the time. I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. You're like, what does that have to do with us? I'm going somewhere with this. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. He went out into the wilderness. Then after three years, after God tells us to do something sometimes, and the first thing we do is we go, God said it. And then we start packing up everything and we start doing this thing. God just said he was going to do it. He didn't say it was time to move. And we think, well, God said. And then people get offended and full of pride because they come up in a church. I've seen it happen all the time. So-and-so went to a conference. So-and-so said, I'm an apostle. And they show up in a church and they're like, well, I'm bless God. I'm an apostle. You don't recognize the grace. You don't honor the grace of God on my life. So I'm going to go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. And I'm telling you, this is a saying. Actually, people have said from the pulpit and said, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. So basically, go where people accept you in your flesh and, 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 and allow you to sit in your offense Instead of loving you enough to call you out of it and say, hey, there's a price to be paid here. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James and the Lord's brother. Or James, the Lord's brother. So he saw James and Peter after three years, hung out with Peter for 15 days. All right. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Sicilia, and I was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. So the, the established church didn't even recognize him, didn't know him yet. Uh, 
But they were hearing only, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith, which he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God in me. Then, after 14 years, 14 years after there was some proof in the pudding. What does that mean? That means after his apostleship was proven that God did it. After God working through Paul confirmed he is who he says God says he is. In other words, did you catch that? After God affirmed it, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. Listen to this, though. This is so key right here. Why did he wait 14 years and why did he go up then? I went up by revelation. The Lord told him to go. He waited until he had the word. He, what he didn't do is assume, well, I'm preaching the gospel. Well, I'm apostle. You know what he didn't do is he didn't walk up into Jerusalem and go, yep, I'm an apostle. And God gave me this seat at this table. And I have a seat at this table. And if you don't give me this seat at this table and I, I, I've earned it, you don't know me. God, I had an encounter. God spoke to me in a vision. God did this. I got a seat at this table. I'm taking this seat at the table. And if you don't, you're out of the will of God. He didn't do that. I went up by revelation. The timing was right. The cloud moved. And communicated to them the gos- that gospel, which I preached among the Gentiles. So he said, I communicated in, in what he's doing here. Oh, I'm going to finish it. I communicated that the gospel, which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, least by any means I might run or had run in vain. What is he saying? I presented him the gospel. I submitted it to him. What I didn't do is I didn't go in there and say, yeah, this is the gospel I've been preaching. It's, it's, it's without error. My truth is the truth. I, I know, I know truth. He didn't do that. He went in there and he submitted it to, to really his elders. I mean, these are the guys that like lived with, walked with Jesus for, you know, three years, solid. They went to ministry school and their teacher was Rabbi Jesus, you know, <laughs> They saw flawless ministry. We were talking about this at dinner the other night. They saw flawless ministry on display, you know? And he goes and he says, hey, please, am I doing this? Is this accurate? Is this right? Test me to make sure I haven't, I haven't run in vain. And he says that, uh, least by any means I might run, r- run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in to stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. You know, there's people, there's false brethren. And, 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 it, and it happens all the time. Many of us who have had a Pentecostal experience have, have experienced people try to bring you back into a bondage of a, of a doctrine, um, void the outpouring of the Spirit, void speaking in tongues, void healings. It's pro- many of you are going, oh my gosh, that happened to me, you know? If you're like me, I was I was Southern Baptist and I got filled with the Holy Spirit sovereignly spoken tongues and people try some people try to tell you that's a demon. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I love Jesus way more than I love Jesus before that happened to me. It is not the devil. The last I checked, the devil does not want you loving Jesus more. You know. I was fired from a, a Christian ministry because people were getting healed, demons were coming out, and people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and they were running and they told me I was performing magic. I'm like, last I checked, the devil didn't cast out devils. To whom we did not yield submission even for an hour. 
Whew. That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Uh, uh, there's a price, man. Even Paul is getting tested by false brethren. What would have happened if, false, if Paul would have listened to these false brethren? He tells you right here, the truth of the gospel wouldn't have come to us. Man. But, though, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. <laughs> Paul's like, they acted like their poop don't stink, but it don't matter to me. Sorry. Anyway, that's what he, to bring it into 2021, that's what he was saying. All right. Because uh, God shows partial, uh, personal favoritism to no man for those who seem to be something added nothing to me. There was no fruit. Like they, they, you know, Jude talks about them. He said they're like clouds with no rain. You ever, you ever, you ever encounter somebody like that? They carry and they walk the talk, the walk and they talk the talk, and they know the scriptures, but they're as dry as a a bone in the grave. I mean, this is dead. No anointing, no oil, no life. They preach the word, but the word does nothing in you. It produces no life in you. There's no oil on it. Does that make sense? Mm. They're clouds with no rain. Jude talks about them. It says, for those who seem to be something, they added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the, to the circumcised also worked effectively in, in me towards the Gentiles. They saw the proof in the pudding. They saw my fruit. They saw that, that the same spirit that was in Peter working through him and had graced him, that same grace. Remember when we were talking about the, that when Paul says, I, by the grace of God, I'm an apostle. It's not unmerited favor. It's the divine ability of God working in him. This is what he's talking about. He said the same divine grace that was in Peter, they recognized in me. Wow. Paul didn't walk in and say, I got the same grace as Peter. He waited until they recognized. They go, oh, my gosh. Just as Peter was graced to the Jews, so Paul's been graced to the Gentiles, and they recognized it. 17 years, by the way, from his calling. 17 years from the day he was called. 17 years at this point. Three and then 14, 17 years. That'll really make you go, whoa. I mean, the Israelites were 40 years in the wilderness, but anyway. All right, um, and when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, so he's like, I recognize that they were pillars. I, I, I love that he says this because he didn't assume automatically that, that James, Peter, and, or James, Cephas, who is Peter, and John, this is James, the brother of Jesus, John, the beloved, and, and, and Peter. He didn't automatically assume that they were pillars. He's saying they seemed to be why, because I saw the fruit that they were pillars in the community. It was evident. We didn't just, dis- they didn't just. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hold on. Uh, given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was also eager to do. So he's just saying, hey, just don't forget the poor. And, P- and Paul's like, yeah, the Holy Spirit was already working on that on me. It's so funny because everything that he needed to be tested in, he had already he'd already been doing it, but it still needed to be proved by those who had already been doing it longer. Okay, several things. One, 
what decisions are we making in our life that we think our life is our own and we're making them without the Lord of our life? What, do, what are we doing that, that has not been by revelation? Revealing the revealed word of God. Have we started a school? Have we, have we started a job? Have we moved? Have we sold a house? Have we started a relationship? Have we, you know, what have we done that has not been in the revelation of God? If our life is not our own and he's the Lord of our life and we have free access to his voice just like they did, then are we removing him from Lord of our life and becoming the own, our own lords and making decisions upon our, with ourselves? You say, well, what God wasn't speaking. Well, the Israelites didn't move until he spoke. If God is not speaking, he is speaking. You know what some of us do when God's not speaking? We go confer with flesh and blood until we hear what we want to hear. What do I mean? God's not speaking to us in our secret place or through the ways he speaks, prophecy, dreams, visions, people with like ministers, you know, who God speaks through the word. God's not speaking, not clearly, hasn't made it clear. So what do we do? We start calling around our flesh and blood, conferring, not that you shouldn't seek wise counsel, but typically that's after you've already heard. But, you know, we, we call around and we confer with flesh and blood and we keep making phone calls until somebody tells us what we want to hear. And then we go, oh, yep, I confirmed it. So-and-so told me what I want. I got a, I got a confirmation here. You know, and it gets us into all kinds of trouble. You know, it's so funny. Typically, if you're not hearing what you want to hear the, 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 the first two times, it's, it's because they're telling the truth and you just don't want to hear it. You know, I mean, we've, we've talked, you know, we talk and we, we, we talk amongst, you know, lead, leaders talk and it's not gossip. It's talk to help and stuff like that. But like, you know, if so-and-so comes and has this issue and they talk to us and then, well, yeah, did so-and-so talk to you because they were supposed to come talk to you? Yeah, they did. What'd you tell them? I told them the same and we tell each other the same exact thing. But it's like keep going and 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 going until you hear somebody tells you what you want to hear. Like, what are you, what, what? You should ask elders. It's, it's, you should ask elders. The word elder literally means seasoned judgment. It means they're seasoned. Just the people went to Moses and those he, uh, uh, to help them sort their thing. We're not talking, I'm not talking about that. What I'm, what I'm talking about is conferring in, with flesh and not the spirit. Being led by your flesh and not, those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. What is the greatest example we see of night and day being led by the Spirit in the Bible? The children of the Israelites. It's literally God's Spirit, the presence, visible cloud. Lifts, they move. Stays, they stay. Don't move until it moves. Led by the Spirit. Not in control of our own lives. So I, I, I challenge you, that's one thing, I challenge you with that today. To submit your lives to God. Many of you are resisting the devil and not submitting to God. And he ain't fleeing because you're, 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 you're out of order. You're resisting God in submission to yourself. Ow. Help me, Jesus. Whew. And y'all got to, I'm scared saying them words. You know, I'm judged by my words too. I'm held accountable. Hey, can't be a hypocrite. You know, I don't want to be found like Paul. I'm like, I don't want to be found in vain. Who test me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Help us, Jesus.
Why wouldn't we want to? God foresees it all anyway. Like, you have the guy who knows it all. Go talk to him before you make a decision. And, and, and honestly, though, can I be honest? Because the spirit and the flesh are at war with each other. A lot of times what I want, he doesn't say. If I'm going to talk to God and he's telling me everything I wanted to hear all the time, I'm not hearing God, I'm hearing me. Ow. But God gives me the desires of, your, of his heart when I delight in him. No, as you delight in him, his desires are formed in your heart, and then that's what he gives you. When you delight in him, he forms his desires for you in your heart, and then he gives you his desires for you. And you only discover them by delighting in him. Whoo, the heart is deceitful above all else. Follow your heart. No, follow Jesus. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's actually, it cuts and it hurts and it's like, dang, man, you went there. But it's also super exciting because, guys, you have access by the blood. Listen, come boldly before the throne of grace. Receive mercy and grace in time of need. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The same spirit that lifted and moved and dwelled on over that mercy seat, guess where it's at? in you better covenant better promises we should be more uh, i'm gonna say better it's totally wrong grammar better accurate sorry more accurate <laughs> better covenant better promise better accuracy like i'm this is challenging me if i'm in a better covenant with better promises then my accuracy in hearing the lord and being led by the spirit ought to be better than those sitting in the wilderness Whoo. Uh, right? And if I don't know that and believe that, it won't be unto me because it's unto me according to my faith. Okay. Second thing, position in the church because there's going to be starting moving and people come in and things and happening and stuff. We're getting big. Things are happening. We're not getting big, but bigger. Things are happening, stuff, and I don't, I don't like to get big. It just growth happens. But anyway, and so parts and pieces and things and stuff starts to happen. Here's the thing, guys. Like, I have a big issue with this because I've been that person, and I've had jealousy, and I've had, and I've been, I've been sitting there, and I've, I've felt passed over, and I've felt looked over, and I've felt this, and I've felt that, and, you know, you see people like Jen, you know, she gets up here, starts preaching the word, and, like, some of you may be, you know, even older than her and in, in the Lord and different things, like, and you see this, you see that, but listen, I'm going to tell you, you don't know the price that people pay. You, you, don't, you don't know the sacrifice in secret. So, so here's the thing. Men don't promote. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't. I have no control at all. At least I do my best to take my hand completely off of who does anything in this house, including myself. They know because they've watched me process it. I don't grab this microphone because I have a right to because I'm quote unquote pastor. I, I, I come because I know that he wants me to do it. If I do it, it's because I feel like he wants, I don't, I want to say feel, I, I, I believe he wants me to do it. It's the way it works. If, if somebody else is given the microphone, it is only by the word of the Lord. It's the presence of the living God. If any of you guys have ever been handed and said, hey, transition or hand, do this or hand, do that. It's not because I felt, oh, today I should give them a shot. Just go for it, guy. We'll see. No, it's because the Lord went, 
and I had a picture of their face or something. I'm like, oh, okay. And I don't know. I've, I've People have come in I've never even known. Here. Why? Because I don't I went with Brian Guerin on a trip, and he never heard me preach, and he was going to give me the microphone for 10,000 people. You know, I'm like, help me, Jesus. I never heard you preach. I don't know if I'm letting you preach here. You know, it's like, help me, God. But it's because it's been led by the Spirit, you know. And so as things are put in place, you, you know, it's just by the Spirit. And, and it'll be through prayer and through fasting. And, like, another thing I, I just I just want you to know, like, you know, we don't do we don't do seniority. We don't do favoritism. We don't do I don't care about any of that. Like, first of all, you've got John and James standing there and Paul shows up. And even though it's been 17 years, he's the only one they ever say, oh, he's equal to Peter. How would you, you know, John had to be super humble and not worry about, but I'm the beloved, but my head was on his, but my head was on his breast, but I should be, why didn't you call me to the Gentile? Go, why didn't I get an assignment like Peter? I'm the beloved. You know, Peter comes up to Jesus. What about John? Mind your business, Peter. You follow me. So when stuff starts happening and things start going, the first, and well, what about me? You should say, mind your own business, you. Work out your own salvation with fear and trouble. And if you don't trust leadership to make those decisions, then I, our leadership won't be effective anyway. If you don't trust it's actually his grace working, if, if for those of you that have been here this long, if, if, if the grace like Paul was tested, if, the, if you don't see the, fr- I was talking to Marco about this other, other day, he was actually really encouraging me and talking about the fruit and because and, he's been in other churches and some of them amazing, you know, nothing, but the fruit, at the end of the day, the fruit, you can be amazing, full of love, mercy, but like, why are people on the road to hell? You know, but the fruit is like, I was one way, I met you, and God through you, and now I'm another way. That's all I know. I was blind, but now I see. So, so like, you test the fruit. Test the fruit. Jen gets up and preaches, test the fruit. So-and-so, get, they get up and worship, you encounter Jesus, fruit. It's fruit. I mean, I, we could spend here an hour. I could hand Jen the microphone. She could tell you how many times she has called my phone, and I've told her absolutely exactly the opposite of what she wanted to hear. And then she did it, and then she calls back and goes, you were completely right. And this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and it was all by faith and trust. And listen, that's, you can access the grace. And so there may be people who begin to minister, people that love and people that, you know, oversee areas and this and that and whatever, and you're, you'll lose out on the grace on their life because of offense or because of and ultimately it's pride if you think I should be there not them again you don't know the you don't know what people have been through you don't know the price that people's paid you know that that thing that you keep doing and I don't mean this in a condemning way it's just truth guys it's just truth but that thing that you keep doing that God tells you not to do but you keep doing it that person didn't do it again faithful with little faithful with much and it's not a condemning thing. It's not a condemning thing at all. It's not a condemning thing at all. All they did is actually take the grace that's available for you too. And God tested them. And they passed the test. 
Many are called, few chosen. God calls all, but chooses those who choose to follow. You choose to be chosen. All are called, but the chosen choose to be chosen by accessing that grace. I'm, I'm just telling you, I've seen it time and time. I've seen it in my own life. There's stuff that didn't happen because I just wouldn't stop playing video games. I go around this mountain. I'd stop for three months. I'd get bored, and I put it. And every time I did, I'd get done playing, and I felt very far from God. And the Holy Spirit was to be like, why would you do something that disconnects you from me? And he was so patient with me. I went through this for years, guys. I did this for years around that mountain. And then, boy, as soon as I finally just, I just got rid of it. I got rid of it. I'm not saying you need to go home. Whatever the whole, I'm taught this was a personal conviction for me. But I paid that price, and I gave it up. And then the next thing I know, we started seeing, after that, I will tell you, we saw more deliverance after that. After that, we started seeing so many demons coming up, people. After that, it's crazy. It manifested. What's done in secret is shouted on rooftops. So when you see God shouting through people on rooftops, don't question why they're there. You have no idea what they did in secret. We have no idea. We don't judge. All we see is the fruit and go, whoop, not the person. We look at the fruit. We test the fruit. Does that make sense? Come on. Jesus is good. I'm so excited. I'm excited for what the Lord is doing here. He, the way he's been moving, his presence. Guys, it, it, we, 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 another thing you need, we need to quit doing, we need to wake up. And I, I'm not saying this in arrogance, but we need to wake up. What God is doing here is precious. It's, it's precious. And some of us that have been here for years and some of us that have been coming in and coming out, we get real used to it. And it becomes, oh, yeah, just another thing. Well, oh, yeah, that's just what we do. And, and it becomes like, uh, and we don't realize. But I'm telling you right now, and I don't say this, I'm not patting my, because I don't do anything but die. That's all I do is die. He's doing everything. But everybody that comes to visit that is a minister that we've had that comes and visits and comes in here, every one of them say the same thing. This is precious. The Lord is here. This is precious. And then, then some of them look at me and say, don't screw it up. <laughs> it's very precious. And in, in, we need to treat it that way. That means when the doors are open, you should be here when you can. I don't mean that in a condemning way. There should be an expectancy when you walk through those doors. Not a, God, guys, God is moving in this house, bro. People are getting set free from bondage in this room. The spirit of the living God, bodies are healed, demons are coming out. People are never the same. That, we don't take that lightly because I love the church and we're not the only one and God is moving and the kingdom is way bigger than 2032, okay? But it, I'm telling you, it isn't happening everywhere. It just isn't. It's not. It's just not. And I'm not saying that because we're, I think we got, uh, there's probably stuff we're doing that's wrong. I'm not, I don't know. You know, have mercy, Jesus, for whatever it is. But what I'm, I'm just saying the truth, man. But what I do know is the proof is in the pudding. And I don't say that because we need to go, good job, Brett. Amazing. You're the best pastor ever. No, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for that. I don't live to please you, actually. I've proven that because I say some things that I'm coming around going, huh, on your toe, you know. <laughs> it's okay. I don't care. I want him happy and smiling. I say that because we don't want to treat his, pre- his precious, into his presence like it is common. It is, this is, guys, it is happening. It is happening in other places, but it is un 
common, okay? It's uncommon. Anybody that's been in church for any years, any number of years, will testify to that very thing. But we can fall asleep and be blinded. I don't want the enemy to do that. He did it to the Galatians. I don't want him to do it to us. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I don't want to be bewitched. How about you? Amen. Let's pray. Is that good? We're good. Yeah, come on. Father God, I thank you, God. I decree and declare over this house. I even begin to prophesy, Lord, that this next season, Lord, will be such a season of devoted to the feet of the one, God, that, that we'll begin to get serious, God, that we'll no longer add church to our lives, but we'll begin to build our lives around, first and foremost, your presence in the secret place every day, but then we'll begin to, to build our lives about being a part of your body and being in your house, God, and we'll make it a priority, Lord, and I pray, God, for a, a grace, God, and I decree and declare that everyone in this, in this house Lord, that they have ears to hear. Place your hands on your ears right now. They have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. That they would understand that what by the blood of Jesus, that they have access into the throne of Holy of Holies, that mercy seat where you met Moses and spoke to him out of the mercy seat. And we now have access to that same place. Ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, God. Accurate hearing. Better covenant, better promises, better accuracy in the name of Jesus I pray over now now put hands on your eyes God I pray eyes to see just as they were able to look and see the cloud lift and move I pray for eyes in the spirit that we be able to look and see where the wind of God is and where he isn't and that even though it might seem like so-and-so pay to do, it might seem like, oh, it's time, it might seem like, oh, it's right, or oh, this, or oh, that, that if there's no wind, if there's no presence, we don't want to be a part of it. That we'd be moved by you. Let's pray that. Lord, we want to be moved by you. Lord, we want to be still and unmoved by you. We yield every area of our life to you as Lord. Guide us by the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.